0: Oh, that seems like fun and transitional and exhausting. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it was a lot of dragging cables today and organizing things by type and length and marking them and building storage containers for them. And yeah, so it was kind of draining. So.
0: I definitely get that. You know what also for me was really Seen draining? this movie. Yes. <laughs>
1: A dare a dare a dare this was a I mean, I, I
0: was I was listening I was listening but so rarely do you give me an option to give a segue because you're the, you're the master. Um, well like uh, like the tornado that just ran through my city, this brought up a lot of things <laughs> Dredged up a lot um, <laughs> So from here on out, Full spoiler warnings, we watched The Joker. This is a hard movie to review in like the character sense because really there is a character and everyone else is kind of more, they're very good set pieces, but they are set pieces. Yeah. But, I mean, it does go to show. Like I had a few moments where I was like thinking like, oh, should we do, uh, we picked three characters? And I was like, how how would we? No. Like, how would we? We could be like, wow, that one scene, I've never seen Alfred quite like that, uh, that kind of thing. But this, uh, this movie is very much walking Phoenix's deal. It is, it, it, it is 100% him. It is like talking about, to talk about anyone else other than him is like talking about anyone other than uh, Christian Bale in American Psycho.
1: Yeah, you'd just be wasting your time. It was a a tour de force performance, and I mean that not in the headlining way. Like he, he did a lot in this film.
0: He did. Uh, I think it's quite possible we could have two actors getting Oscars for technically the same character. Which is cool. Yeah,
1: can you um, can you name the other time in history when that happened?
0: Hmm. I th- oh, this I like this trivia because I don't think, know off the top 1970s. of my head. Well, I was, uh, James Bond was the thing that came to mind, but I don't think it's won any <laughs> Oscars ever. Nineteen um, seventies. Uh,
1: so, <sighs> fun fact. Uh, unless this happens I'm, I'm excited for this. The current uh, Currently there's only One time where Two different actors Have both won the Oscar For playing the same character And that was Marlon Brando mm-hmm. Oh and Al, and Al Pacino For Yep Damn. For Godfather Part 1 and 2 I love
0: two. it I God, I love that you you had that in your head, and i i nineteen seventies. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You gave me you gave me everything, and I I disappointed you. And
1: you threw it aside like it was nothing.
0: That I I I fully believe that there is potential for Joaquin Phoenix to to be awarded an Oscar for this. Like this, it was it was something that I hadn't. What I loved is it was something I had not seen him doing, but there were. Uh, the innocence that he played reminded me of like the young Joaquin Phoenix roles that I like, inventing the Abbots, which I really loved, and because you know teenage girl gotta gotta yeah. love that kind of stuff, um, things like that. Like there there was an earnestness to the character at certain points, but then also you got you know more of the the newer edgier Joaquin Phoenix, like from the Master. Sure. Um. So yeah, it's it's uh it's an interesting film. It is really really hard to watch. Uh I think the best note that was given to me was don't it, you know, it's that origin story, but don't go into it like it's an origin mm-hmm. story, which is a pretty accurate. Uh, that's that that's probably going to be my across the board note for the like five people who haven't seen yeah. this movie yet. It's but yeah.
1: It's it's interesting that like outside of names like Thomas Wayne and Arthur Gotham. Fleck Gotham Alfred Bruce like there were names there but you strip away the names and this could be any any sort of film and I think yes it wouldn't have done as well or captured people's imaginations as much if it wasn't the Joker But I would like to see more comic book movies like this in so much that I love DC Elseworlds and DC Black Label and that sort of thing and just taking interesting pieces of characters and exploring them and this was this was 100% a character study piece and that's the kind of shit that wins Oscars all the time you know character study character Mm -hmm. driven actors acting in big acty pieces and
0: I love how you get your actor voice on when you start talking about acting you know it's great acting acting. it's it's like when Cameron refers to McBee as the Scottish play This
1: movie is, I think, really interesting for a lot of people and a captivating watch. And for other people, it's been um, either a challenging piece or an insulting piece or um, a terrifying piece. For some people, just the notion of this movie is scary. For some people, its handling of mental illness has been criticized quite a bit. Um, and you know, nothing's beyond scrutiny. I think, you know, I, I totally understand why people would take issue with it. The thing that I think this movie is above all else is unsettling. I think.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. It is
1: both because the sequence of events that create this Joker seem very, very possible. They seem very, very real. And the reaction to everyone after the Joker exists, uh, the the way Gotham changes and the, the scales tip ever so slightly with his inception, I also found terrifyingly real. And that, to me, is the most upsetting part of this movie is that it seems like something that could happen which is to me scarier than just the depiction itself or whatever it may or may not get right or wrong about mental health or and the system therein
0: yeah and i think it's interesting because currently the 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 movie climate as it were there there's conversations happening right now uh, because people are getting tired of superhero movies. They're they're feeling a little drained from that. I think a lot of these people are people that don't necessarily, like, that's not an interest of theirs, because I think there is some really great things to be said about the, the superhero franchise finally kind of getting the play in the last, you know, decade plus, because I think, I wish that they existed more beyond Spider-Man when I was younger, but... I think that this is a fun opportunity for people, but there are a lot of actors and a lot of directors that are tired of it. But that being said, and I I also recognize this movie is not for someone who's just like well I really like comic books and I really like the Marvel franchise and I I'm, I want to see what's new in the DC franchise cuz it's it's not. It's it's not. Don't see it if that's if you're like well I need to see this so I can see the Superman
1: no. movie.
0: Like don't. Uh, but if you're really disappointed with Jared Leto in the Suicide Squad, yeah, maybe maybe go see it. gives you gives you a different uh, gives you a change. But that being said, there was an element to it that felt actually very Scorsese esque to me. Uh, the the ele- there's there's a brutality in the violence, a senselessness in the community that he captures very well. That I felt was captured very well. And I think that it was incredibly poignant. It was very jarring to me. I'm fairly desensitized to like violence, like in this kind of capacity. But how it was done, it was incredibly jarring and incredibly unsettling to me. There, especially the there's the 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 final the final moment of. Uh, when it's clear he is he is full-on insane and you know what he's about to do and then they repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and there's multiple screens and you see it and it's just like it's forcing you into it uh, similar to the subway scene you think that he could run scared and like run away because he had been beaten up but he pursues that yep. guy and there that's also a turning point. But like those two moments were intensely brutal. And you see the depth of of where he's gotten from all of this. Like how like and in his conversation with this therapist where he's like, You're not even listening to me. Like, I I, I there there's such a loneliness, such a difficulty, and it's it's sad that what sets him free to just go with it, is finding out, like, the truth of his past, which is just as brutal as a gunshot. And that's that's awful. It's it's absolutely awful. But there – he also – there's so much he is doing that he – like, there's so much that isn't being said that he is participating in. The physicality of this role, I've – it was very mesmerizing, particularly how he danced – that was such an interesting way to go, and it's very—it's also interesting to me because the last movie we reviewed was it, wasn't it? So it was because I, I, like I kept thinking about that and like the the juxtaposition of movement in these in these two terrifying clowns, but there was also like a really beautiful element to it. But you kind of see the where he was and like his madness because at first when he was dancing it was more like he was imagining like dancing with people, and that scene on the stairs it was much more he was alone, and he but he was loving like that he has he's just stripped himself from all of you know his all of his tethers all of the things that were holding him back his mother, his fictitious girlfriend which. What? That was, that was that was something, oh. um, but well done. She did well with her 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 yeah. scenes. Mm-hmm. I I like her. I like Zazie Beats. She's she's a very interesting character, and she did well. And then she did a really good job of
1: freaking just out,
0: <laughs> bringing us into bringing us yeah. into reality of like oh. And I remember, like, when I first heard, when I, when she was talking to him in the doorway, and I was like, how does she know his name? Like, why is she talking to him, like, so casually? Because, like, they've never spoken yeah. before. And I get, like, knowing your neighbor's name, but, like, just, it's kind of weird to not be like, and how she was like, you're Arthur, right? And then I was like, and that makes more sense to me. But it was just those subtle things. But it's it's hard, because I don't think you realize how crazy he has become like not crazy is not the right word, but like the madness within is like fully come out. He's not taking his meds. Like he brutally murders a guy who obviously all the people he kills, you can kind of under or like attacks. There's an element that you're like, I kind of understand why. Sure. And I think, I mean, obviously with the subway, like
1: it's, you understand why he would do that from his perspective, but I think it's presented in such a way that's still so objectively horrifying that you can have, you know, you can maintain both perspectives simultaneously, which I think as a viewer helps you through the narrative, but also makes you feel... Mentally unstable yourself, where
0: yeah, no, definitely
1: horrifying and repulsive and shockingly brutal. And there's just a touch of compassion for him as he's doing these things. Um,
0: I'd say more than a touch, like, I think you like, there are moments that I just truly was angry at society and what it was doing to him. I don't think it's obviously – I don't think it's redeemable for his behavior, obviously, but he makes a statement, and it really – that was the one that hit me was when he said, if I was dead on the street, you would just walk over me. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was devastating because he was right. Like, he he was basically being walked over either emotionally – financially or physically by every person he encountered people just thought they could beat mm-hmm. him up or steal his shit or let their boyfriends abuse him or ignore him or punch him in the face like there was so much but and it was it was really interesting that the women in it i was bummed out although I understand why this was very much about one character, it wasn't about a lot of them, but there was such complacency in all the women. Like, there, everyone could see, like, it, it, they were just not strong characters, and it bummed me out. And that was, like, I think that was the hardest thing about finding out that Zazie Beats' character, th- their relationship was in his mind, was she was kind of spit fiery and then it turns out oh she she was that way because a man made her that way in his head but i would understand after being with his mom who like clearly just didn't give a shit about what was going on with him him wanting a woman who's like yeah no bunch of pricks are filling gotham like yeah they they deserve what happens to them
1: there was A desperation in this story for human connection and being seen. Mm -hmm. And like so often happens in good film, once he becomes known and once he gets what he wants, you know, he gets to go on the late night talk show, he gets to be seen as a comedian, like attaining that which you were striving for in your typical film you get to the end and realize ah oh, you didn't really need it the it was inside you the whole time or it's always been that other person not this person you know what whatever your nice twist on the on the Spin. thesis is um but instead with this movie it instead of oh it was inside him the whole time it was it was inside him the whole time the wh- he was well, yeah, it's like the fundamentally broken person looking for connection at the end realizes they are still fundamentally broken. And he breaks into a in he breaks into a million pieces. He gets melted down and into a purer form of that which was always we would say wrong with him, but he would probably say his truest self. And while I can understand people being uneasy about this, like making terrorists sympathetic, emotionally well-adjusted and 100% sane people are not terrorists. <laughs> so mm-hmm. eh, I, I don't want to make a lot of comments about how this movie is being received and what people other people think about it. But I do think that this does a really good job of capturing sort of my favorite versions of the Joker, specifically um, there's there's brief glimpses in Grant Morrison's run on Batman where they refer to the Joker as being um, hyper-sane. He's not insane. He's like he's more sane than anyone else kind of thing. You know, who's the, really the crazy person, the guy who thinks nothing matters and everything is chaos and it's all fucking insanity. Or the guy who dresses up in it like a bat and tries to beat people up to bring justice. Oh, um,
0: mm-hmm. well, when you put yeah, it like right? that.
1: And it did, it did seem like at least from Joaquin's perspective in his performance, it, there was this realization of, like, hypersanity. And that was terrifying to behold. Not because I, I felt like mm-hmm. it touched on some truth that we're all ignoring, but because there are people that come to this conclusion. That's why this movie is scary. There are mass shooters in this world. There are white supremacist Like terror- We have domestic terrorists in this country. And this movie was so unsettling... Because I could see this happening.
0: Yeah, one hundred.
1: Adair, are there other movies you've watched that have affected you profoundly, and then you've decided, you know what? I don't know if I need to see this again.
0: Yeah, I think we've actually talked about a few of them. The Master, actually, which oh. I was bringing in because it was uh, that is one that I saw, and I was like, whoa and then I never saw it again uh, and also There Will Be Blood is another oh. one that uh, I, I saw it and I have no interest in ever seeing it again if I'm not saying, and this is not a critique on them, I thought they were both I mean, The Master was a little funky for me but uh, or kind of all over the place for me uh, There Will Be Blood is is a brilliant yeah. film beautifully done Shout out to uh, to our new Riddler, Paul Dano, who does a great job in that movie. Snibling that was piece uh, that of was kind of his. <laughs> that was his breakout character. Yeah. Um, for me, it was always Girl Next Door, but it was it was uh, most people would consider it that one because it was far more critically acclaimed. Uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> those those are I'd say two of them. There are a few that I can't watch in certain headspaces. Sure. Which I could see myself seeing this movie maybe one more time and then just being kind of like done with it. But I need to be in the right headspace mm-hmm. for it. But there are definitely certain movies that I can't really watch just any time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what about you, Dan? Um,
1: I would definitely put this up there with The Road, of uh, like yes. a really brutal fucking movie that I don't think i i'm so glad i watched it so glad i don't i don't think i need to see it again
0: i mean yeah that's sort of a Cormac McCarthy's kind of deal in general uh-huh. with his with his novels uh yeah which which also no country for old men similar he mm. has a tonal thing that there there are these people there are characters that he writes that are very Similar to that idea of like the world is chaos, so just do what you need to do to to live your life. But there was a, a very interesting and unsolved, or like un, there was no conclusion to it. There was no actual, and I think it's this is ambiguous. The thing. It was very ambiguous. That thank you, and I think part of that. <laughs> I'm running on 3 hours. I knew of sleep. I, could, I
1: knew I knew what words you were looking for. I
0: appreciate <laughs> it. And, and so yeah, it was a, it was ambiguous, which I think part of why they leave certain things ambiguous in this is because when you are at that level of like not taking your medication, what is real? What is fake? Like and it seems like his mom had a similar situation of what is real? What is fake? But there is this idea that Arthur's father is 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 a is Mr. Wayne um, is Thomas Wayne. I have to just like – I had to make it a little funny for a second. Uh, that when she worked for him, they had, they fell in love and she had a kid. and But then he made her sign an, like a, a bunch of papers and pretend like she was adopting him and all of these different things. And then she was fired because she was crazy. And so the question is, do you – think that Arthur is is actually a Wayne? I.
1: This is so, I don't know, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think probably not, just because of how they set this up. There's no, there's no, like, Thomas Wayne dies in what we think is happening. And then who knows, like with the final scene, did he imagine all of it? Has he been institutionalized this entire time? Um, I, f- I found myself caring less and less about the Batman of it all
0: mm-hmm. and
1: more and more about the Gotham of it all. Oh, yeah. Like like i i i was really interested when he was there at the mansion and he, later when he confronted him at the fundraiser and i was like god is he his dad that's an interesting that's an interesting take on this because they are both kind of you know definitely have mental problems um but the more the movie went on i think the less the less i cared about yeah, the less I cared about Arthur's closure and the more I wanted to see if there was going to be anything of him left. Like, he was not going to get closure. He was not going to grow. He was not going to get accepted. He was not going to get a happily ever after. My, What I wanted to see at the end was, was there any Arthur left or was there only Joker? And I think... I think there was only Joker. Mm -hmm. I don't don't think there was any Arthur.
0: I agree with that element. Um, I 100% think he is Thomas Wayne's son. Yeah? Because I think madness breeds madness in a lot of ways. And I think when you have that kind of past and that kind of origin, your options are kind of to either rise above it and become the best version of yourself or what you see as the best version of yourself or you descend into the chaos. And I think if that's to be believed, he got one one who did each. And I don't think, like, this is obviously going to, like, spread out to... I think this is very much... It's, like, Solo. It's little standalone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I'm totally fine with that. I think it was really... I, I don't have lots of notes of like what I would rewrite about it because there was so i the the level of madness and the things that were confusing made sense to be confusing and I think yes it made it a much more immersive experience because it wasn't like you were watching it you were really present in the confusion of existence when you're watching I, it
1: I, I I absolutely agree with you I have not been this riveted to my seat in a theater since I saw A Quiet Place. Oh, God, that's so
0: good. Well, yeah, I found myself, like, I was doing this a lot. Like, I was, like, kind of, like, fidgeting, but... Like I never want, yeah. I was doing a lot of like touching my my face and kind of almost covering my eyes a little bit. But I I was so transfixed. I kept forgetting like I was. Uh, I mean, I, this I saw this yesterday, and I was in Seattle yesterday. Um, so I was in Seattle, and I like forgot completely where I was. Wow. Like I, I and my nephew is next to me, and love him to death. But like at certain points, I was like, oh God, yeah, you're right here. Yes, we are seeing this together. <laughs> Your parents are going to be so thrilled that I'm sharing this with you. Um, but, yeah, so I – I know it's it's very riveting. And I what I like about that, and, of course, I have probably recency bias too because I just saw it, is that I was so transfixed in it that I wasn't constantly being like, well, I would do this or I would do this or I would do this. And there's, like, moments where I'm like, oh, it would be really cool if there was, you know – I, I I would have liked the, the evolution of the dancing to be a little bit more like through and because it kind of seemed like it happened in random places. And so I would like it to be maybe in each transitional phase for him. Like sure. he was dancing and like so it wasn't like oh is he's just always doing this or is this like a a thing because he hasn't taken his meds or what have you that would have been interesting but also the the idea of chaos is that it doesn't make sense and so pretty much every note i had about it i was like but also it's fine this way because if it's a little bit confusing that's that's the nature of this this story
1: and you know what I noticed about his dancing was it went from kind of schmaltzy, late night, talk showy, you know, fun times, whatever. And he had more choreographed moments, like when he was trying to figure out how he was going to enter for the show.
0: Um, but. Great cameo by Justin Throw in that moment, too. There were some funny little cameos with like Mark Maron and and him. I'm like,
1: Oh yeah. Mark Maron. I was like, you are wasted in this role.
0: Yeah. I was like, what are you doing?
1: The, the moment in the bathroom where he dances ever so slightly. uh, He's almost doing Tai Chi. He's not even dancing there. And when he does finally enter for the talk show, his poses were not unlike Commedia dell'arte. He looked like he looked like an Italian classical clown from La Commedia. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, that's that's what it was like. I was like, "You're going for high art illusion, and you're getting it, you dicks." It was that moment was terrifyingly transcendent because I believed that he was baptized in blood and he believed it. That was the most terrifying thing was I'm like, Oh my, Oh my God, this, this man is losing himself into the void and he is thrilled about it.
0: Yeah. Well, and you could hear in that, like, final speech, and I, I for me, what I liked is it felt, because I think a lot of people were a little afraid that it was going to be, like, just, like, Keith Ledger's Joker, which his mm-hmm. Joker was a lot more concise yes. when he would have speeches. He was very well-spoken, and his, his messages were clear, whereas mm-hmm. what Joaquin Phoenix's version of the Joker, what Arthur... What he stood for was very unclear, and he didn't even know. And, like, you do not know actually where he stands until that final conversation with Robert De Niro. And at that point, he's – he. It, you know, that they could have really, like, waxed poetic with it, and he could have had a whole speech and, like, made us feel things. But they're like, no, he's not going to be the people's hero – He's going to be the mob, the mob hero of this, but he's not going to make, like, the most sense in this situation. He's, no. he, his, note, his message has is like cliff notes, and that's fine. It's totally fine, uh, it, but it's very different from how Heath Ledger kind of portrayed the Joker because it was a lot more calculating, a lot more clear and concise, and I liked that because you could have had this really great comeuppance moment for him there. But no. you just had chaos and blood and screaming and confusion.
1: I think people like villains that are quotable. People like Loki, you know, they like to call people a mewling quim and talk about monologues and mischief. People like Darth Vader, quotable, terrifying. Um, I think people like to quote. Cersei Lannister or Littlefinger, conniving, manipulative, awful people, but they have it together from their perspective, they have a very clear plan and a direction. You know, quotes like chaos is a ladder or or people have often quoted Ledger's Joker because he, you know, that he has that one monologue where, you know, if if Soldiers get blown up in the Middle East. Nobody bats an eye because it's a part of the plan. But, you know, ah, you do a little of this, little of that, you know, and suddenly everyone loses their mind. Like, I have seen so many people quote Ledger's Joker on Facebook posts and on Twitter in regards to all sorts of political things.
0: You need new friends.
1: <laughs> no, I just have, I just come from... A bad area.
0: But (laughs) I've
1: seen that. That sort of pseudo-philosoph- It's just philosophical enough to feel like it's making a point, but it doesn't have the burden of proof to come up with a cohesive philosophy. Like Killmonger. Yeah. It's just enough philosophy to sound legitimate and to be broad enough to apply to different situations, but not enough to stand on its own. To actually withstand any scrutiny. And I think that's why a lot of people like villains, is they can justify ill feelings or bad behaviors or problems they have with society in these characters quips, in their their moments that they that they get to have like this. And the thing that I really like about this movie is Arthur doesn't really have a line that is going to be some perfect philosophy rallying cry. Yeah, he has the line about, if I was dying on the street, you would walk over me. And that is a personal reflection on his personal situation it's not some it's always poor arthur it's not fuck society fuck the world the whole thing's rigged it's my personal situation is terrible and i am upset about my own personal situation but he doesn't really put the system on trial in any way outside of just his own petty revenge. Like, he's not out to get all abusive mothers. He killed his own abusive mother. He's not out to confront all deadbeat dads. He killed, you know, he wanted his own deadbeat dad to step up. He didn't really give a shit about anyone else who'd been embarrassed by that late-night talk show host played by De Niro. But when he was embarrassed or he was the butt of the joke, then it was a problem. Up until that point, the talk show host was a prince to him. And it's the most cowardly and selfish and self-involved sort of terrorist philosophy of like, it's a problem when it affects me. He's not some grand... Revolutionary figure. He gets co opted into becoming one, which I think is a whole other commentary on the character of the Joker himself, who was this clown prince of crime and has grown into something emblematic far beyond any possible scope that could have been conceived of at the time he was created. The whole thing just fascinates me because I don't think you're going to get your terrorist rallying cry out of this character that a lot of people thought they would.
0: Bummer for them. <laughs> Feels so bad for them. I'd say my one note about the Joker is the director did a very good job, but he really should have just stopped talking at a certain point when they were doing press. Yeah. I was like... You know, dude, it's not, we all, we, we all appreciate the hangover. The hangover two and three, not so much, but no one's saying you can't make funny movies anymore, but be intelligent with it.
1: And also like- Like
0: he's made it clear he can be intelligent with things. He can be purposeful.
1: Yeah, there's just, it's just an, it's one of those comments that I'm sure came out of frustration and he is going to spend the rest of his life trying to live down. <laughs> Just like James Gunn will
0: be like, why did I tweet about Zendaya? Or not Zendaya, San, San, Sanjaya? What was, the, what was the American Idol kid? I don't know. It was something like that. It was like Zendaya, but an S. It's,
1: yeah, it's interesting though. Zendaya, I think, it was Sanjaya. Uh, yeah, James James Gunn has a little mob backing him up though. James Gunn has online protection. They're called the Guardians of the Galaxy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. The Marvel fanboys are are strong with that one. And so I guess now the DC to ones about. too. Maybe. Man, we'll see. Bros taking we'll see over. How he does.
0: Ugh. So, Dan, I'm going to reposition myself and then ask you a question. There we go. All right, Adair. So, Dan, Joker is obviously a very aptly named film but I mean you know if you wanted to make people think a little bit harder about what maybe this movie is about what would you call it?
1: I'd call it Walk the Line
0: I appreciate (laughs) that I was was going to go with there will be blood
1: (laughs) there will indeed
0: yeah, walk the line's pretty darn good, though, I, I gotta say. God, I forgot yeah. that he, he did that. I mean, it's like such, he's so good in it, too.
1: Do you want to watch the new Star Wars trailer with me? Is it out? It just fell. It just dropped.
0: All right, are we doing live action Star Wars watching right now? Sure. Okay, ready, set, go. I looks stupid. <laughs> oh, God, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for that.
1: 3PO, you old bastard. I know, that's when it
0: just started happening, and then when you hear their that's voices. That's what I was
1: like, oh, no.
0: We're just... <laughs> oh, no. I don't think it, it's really resonated with me that, like, it's gonna be over. Like in this this iteration, <sighs> like obviously, right, like right. we're not nev- Star
1: Wars will never die. No, at the, the same the, time, the
0: world isn't gonna die, but like we're not gonna be seeing some of these people ever again. Like we're not we're never gonna see Leia on screen again, and yeah. apparently not C three PO either. Which I was like, I'm not sure why I'm feeling so many feelings about C three PO right now. All right, well that was em- excellent. That was emotional. Excellent
1: music choice. Oh though. God, yeah, that was to good. Do the full bring in the full theme oh, like. Yeah. That's that's the thing I hear when I just yeah.
0: Well, that was a that was a lot. Um,
1: yep. It's gonna be two hours and thirty five minutes, and I'm probably gonna cry for two hours of it.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm excited. I was you know I've been let down a little bit by some of them, so I'm I'm excited but I'm not going to get my hopes Same. up because I think like I just need to be present and like this part is done. And one day I'll have a kid that like never knew a life without like nine of these. Mm. <laughs> Which and then they'll be super confused about the order.
1: <laughs> no, we'll make make them watch it in the in the correct order.
0: It, of, of course. So and then uh, parenting meaning that they will never see Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um no, and then, and then I'll, I'll be like, well, watch the director's edition of Lord of the Rings, and they're like, what about The Hobbit? And we're like, no.
1: We don't talk we about don't The Hobbit. We don't
0: talk about The Hobbit. Um, yeah, well, that was, that was emotional, guys. Much like the Joker.
1: A Secret Weapon Production.